It's time to find a comfortable chair, select that special cigar from your humidor, and grab your favorite cutter and lighter. Now, sit back, relax, light up your cigar, and enjoy the Smooth Draws Radio Show. Join Gary Doc Layden, Nick the Boss Cirrus, Michael the Burner Turner, and Will Cigar Coop Cooper, along with a cast of cigar aficionados, whiskey enthusiasts, and craft beer connoisseurs, as they spread the cigar lifestyle across the globe, one smooth draw at a time. This is the Smooth Draws Radio Show. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am one of your hosts, James. Uh, you, you're not listening to the wrong program. That was the Smooth Draws Radio Show intro. And today, I'm very happy to present to you the Smooth Draws Radio Show reunion show here at Simply Stogies. Uh, and in that vein, let me introduce our co-host. He is contractually obligated to be here uh, every time we have one of these now. It's Nick, the boss. Serious boss man. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, James, this is uh, very interesting to see my old crew and everybody. And I'm so happy to uh, we don't talk enough and uh, fond memories. And hopefully we can reminisce about the Smooth Draws radio show. I'm going to introduce uh, everybody one at a time. We have a few of the members. Uh, it would have just been a real hectic situation if we had everybody. But um with no further ado, I would like to introduce the producer and tech guy for the Smooth Draw show, Chad the Hangman Hodier. Chad, welcome to Simply Stogies and the Smooth Draws reunion show. Thank you guys very much for putting this together. Thanks for having us. And you're right, Nick, we don't we don't get together enough. Uh, I know we definitely talk more than I probably talk to anybody else um, from the show, but uh, I look around my my little studio office uh, smoke room down here, and I've got a lot of smooth draws memorabilia, but also got some cigar coupe stuff, and I've got some LH stuff. So it's easy to keep you guys in my heart when I see you all the time, where everywhere I look. Thank you, Chad. Uh, also, I'd like to uh, introduce for people that haven't already uh, met her. Her name is Valerie Bradshaw. She wore many different hats on the Smooth Draws radio show. She did it from Canada. So we were all in different locations uh, with a lot of people not knowing that, including myself. I, I was in Florida and New Jersey. And for the first portion, uh, the first part of the show, I used to fly into Atlanta every weekend. That got a little bit much. And I'm going to let in a little secret. I used to do it from my home office. Uh, with some really cool tech stuff. So it appeared that I was in the studio almost every week. So let me, without a further ado, introduce Valerie Bradshaw. Thank you so much for getting this organized. It's so great to see everyone again. Um, I loved being part of what was originally Cigar Guys radio show. Uh, then it transitioned to Smooth Draws. Uh, I still miss it. I love being a part of it. And it's really great seeing everyone again. Thank you, Valerie. And now we brought him in as a third, fourth. I don't know. We had a lot of different people on the show. We'll go <laughs> over who was on the show and how it started in the history. But I want to introduce, um, and for people, of course, know him as one of the main media guys in the cigar world. His name is William Cooper, otherwise known as Cigar Coop. Cigar Coop originally was going to be our news guy. You know, we were going to do a segment called The Scoop with coop we were the first person uh, first 
a show to you to use that uh, to use that moniker. Uh, but then we realized really early on that Coop offered so much to the show. He came on as a third host uh, to the Smooth Draws radio show. Welcome, William Cooper. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Chad and Valerie and James. Uh, pleasure to be here. Um, way too long since we've done this. And, uh, you know, the the time I was with Smooth Drawers, I got the biggest education in podcasting and like more radio, I should say, than it's just it was like going for a graduate program. Um, you just cannot I cannot say how much that experience I learned from over the, over the uh, year. Uh, to give a little history about the Smooth Draws radio show, and I'm sure Valerie, Chad, and Coop can add to this, but the show, as Valerie mentioned, started off as Cigar Guys Radio, and the two original co-hosts was Gary Doc Layden, who was the creator and really the driving force behind the show, and his co-host, um, Alan Friedman. Now, unfortunately, if people don't know, uh, both... Gary and Alan passed away within a year or so of each other. Um, Gary's project, Gary's pet um, project. And I mean, his whole driving force was the smooth draws radio show. And he was with no exception, uh, the driving force behind the show. Uh, He brought me in uh, as a third to get to Alan and Gary uh, originally he just interviewed me as, you know, the LH, uh, brand owner and, uh, cigar maker and all that, and was fascinated with my, uh, talks on Cuba. And then that actually became a part of the show. I started doing a segment called Nick's notebook, a cigar enthusiast guide to Cuba. And I started basically talking about Cuba for about seven minutes, every episode. Um, then Alan departed the show. I kind of moved into the second chair. And then we brought in Coop uh, as the third chair. Uh, Valerie was there from pretty much right from the beginning, right, Val? That's right. I I started listening, I think it was in April 2015, and actually joined in August of 2015 after I'd met Alan and Gary, both at the uh, New Orleans IPCPR. So you used to handle all the media. Valerie used to run the Twitter feed for us. And it was it was so interesting that you could watch the show. You could uh, see what was going to happen next. Uh, all the stuff was being posted on Twitter as the show went on uh, in, in real time. And that was a great part of the show. Valerie also did the spirit segment. And um, she's actually an expert in spirits. So she that was her segment of the show. Uh, Coop was going to do the reviews. And of course, Chad was there from pretty close to the beginning, right? Chad with, uh, uh, with the producing. I, I came in after the show left, um, the first station they were on. Um, and when they moved in, uh, moved over to six eighty. So, um, uh, man, I, I think they had done six months, a year before I got on, but you forgot somebody in between, you moving into the second seat and Coop moving into the third seat. There was somebody in the middle there. Yep. Who's that? Go ahead, Chad. The burner. The burner. No, no, the burner. You're right. You're right. The burner was actually there before uh, Coop, right? Yeah. I, I was so, right. a little was in between. Yeah. Yep. No, no. He came on after me, Chad. We brought in the burner. and Right. He, he was all... in between you moving oh, into the right. second seat and Coop moving into the third seat. Yep. Right. Correct. He was right. Uh, 
Mike, you know, was added a definite uh, interesting element to the show. He was like the consumer guy. You know, if I was the insider guy and Coop was really the media guy uh, and Gary was kind of the, the ringmaster of the whole thing. We loved Michael Turner. He was hilarious. Um, and it was just we just laughed nonstop. And uh, we had such fond memories. Uh, our trip to the P the uh, PCA at the time, IPCPR. And uh, it was just fascinating to have him on the show. I uh, wish he could have been here today. Uh, he wanted to, and he was supposed to right up until the last second. But uh, we miss him, and we wish he was part of the show, uh, the reunion show. That other, is, it was definitely other than Walt Disney, he's the only other autograph that I keep in my uh, little <laughs> studio here. And this is a cigar anvil that he gave me for Christmas, and I had him autograph it. And if you guys don't know, I'm a Saints fan. And he was a Falcon, and we're the biggest rivals ever. So yep. it took a lot for us to put those differences aside. But, man, he was sure fun to hang out with. He was. He absolutely was. Go ahead, Chad. I mean, uh, Coop. Yeah, he was. I did a few shows with him when I started, and uh, he was really into it. I mean, he did that whole boutique cigar segment, and he was really into this stuff. Um, I remember when you guys did the interview with him originally, and I actually said to Nick, I said, Nick, have you looked at bringing this guy on on a regular basis? Because he, you know, he seems like he brought that consumer point of view and he was just really good on the air. So um, it was it was great. Was I got the the first, he was the first person I remember talking about the La Barber. Yeah. Um, and I still love that cigar to this day. But Coop, if I'm not mistaken, the first time you were a guest, was that the same day we had Greg on and he made those really crazy Bloody Marys? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I Greg still have that. I still have that. Um, Do you still, I still have, have the have dispenser? That with ticket. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he filled it. He filled it full of like olives and peppers and, and just right. all kinds of stuff with vodka. Right. It was delicious. And I... Still make my Bloody Marys that way. I still have the same jar. I fill it up every two weeks with with fresh vegetables and stuff. And uh, there's so many aspects of my daily routine and my weekly routine that that came from this show. And it's just, I mean, it's amazing. I still have the first T-shirt that Coop ever gave me, even though it doesn't fit. Um, I've got the one that he's given me recently that does fit. I mean, you guys are, are such a part of 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 my daily life, even even now. And it's it's just it's incredible the bonds we made on this show. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, and I, we there's people who still ask about this show. I mean, it, they, I still get people saying, hey, are you going to be doing something uh, with it? So, you know, I think it's great, James and Nick, that you've provided this platform tonight to do it. I hope this is the first of a few of these we do, you know. Going yeah, forward. that'd be great. I'm well, all yeah. for it. I'm all because yeah. I don't just like, look at the social media. I mean, there's not a day I don't wake up in the morning and there's not some new notification from the yeah. Facebook page. And I don't think we've posted on there other than what I posted last week in almost a year. And it's yeah. still getting action. Yeah. Listen, yeah, I, think as long, I think when I looked uh, at the Twitter feed, the Twitter feed was still getting action. As long as people are interested, why not? I know there was a lot of diehard followers and fans that to this day, I also concur. I get people all the time that, hey, Nick, the boss, 
And, and you know, that was the whole thing. For whatever reason, Gary liked giving everybody right. a, a nickname. Um, he gave me originally the ice man, which I wasn't really a fan. I didn't really understand because I used to chew on ice. I don't remember what it was, but he quickly went over to the boss because I'm from New Jersey and I'm Greek, I guess, close enough to being Italian. Uh, he started, uh, <laughs> using the Sopranos uh, theme every time I would come on and, uh, it was comical. And the other thing I have to say is, you know, uh, Coop says in joking manner today before we came on, hey, you're going to send me over the script. And that's kind of an inside <laughs> joke where Gary, he was so uh, meticulous about the show. He had literally a script for every second. Now, with a radio show, you know, the timing is so important for everything and the segments were right on. So he was over the top with how precise he was with those things. Now with a podcast, we don't have to be on those exact same timelines. So I decided instead of even writing down anything, I wanted this reunion show to be unfortunately the exact opposite of what Gary normally does, which is have a very scripted, perfectly run show. This is very organic and I want people to speak from the heart and uh, really talk about Gary and, and, and the show uh, I miss him. He was a, a definite um, funny guy in, the, in his own right and uh, obviously loved the cigar industry. And um, it was great to be a part of the show as well. Uh, it was great to meet everybody. And there was uh, many, many others uh, that were part of the show that we haven't mentioned. If you look at uh, Valerie's background, she's got one of the original pictures and there were so many. Valerie, if you can tell us about, because you were there from really earlier than anybody, can you tell us about some of the other people that contributed to the show and uh, made it the success that it was? Yeah, just over my shoulder, um, you'll see. Well, let, let's go over my shoulder. We'll go around. Um, so Lou Alvarado was one of the first people. Um, he, he's in the smoking jacket. He was one of the first you know, producers kind of of the show, not like not a technical producer like Chad, but he brought things into the show. Um, he brought ideas. He was always there. Sometimes he had to answer the phones, uh, keeping in mind, too, that at the very beginning, Yvonne Ramey uh, answered the phones and took, you know, callers, questions, and then had them on the air. We were at uh, this photo shows us at... Um, whiskeys of the world we were at um at an event and it was one of the things that we that we carried on nick as a matter of fact i think the following year in 2016 in the fall we did whiskeys of the world uh where we did the cigar and whiskey pairing i think you were a part of that with the uh, yes. cigars and that was hugely popular michael was in on that um but we'll come back to that um <clears throat> just to the other side of lou is the fellow who organized the party Fortunately, his name slips my mind right now. I think it's Rusty, but I could be wrong. Then there's Gary in the uh, white shirt, black jacket. Alan Friedman in the smoking jacket. Um, and there... You've got uh, young Adam and... Adam. Yeah. Adam. Adam Heffernan. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He, he, was, he, took, he was the intern, he right? Yeah. He's a, Who's yeah, he got a knockout girlfriend if you've seen him on Facebook lately. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> the show's already going and, off the rails. And then no. the other fellow in the in the white shirt and black jacket, again, his name. Sean St. Oliver. Okay. 
he moved. He, he, he lives moved in Jacksonville now. Yeah, he moved in the first year. But yeah, this was this was my, you know, um my first year with at that time Cigar Guys radio show and the way I pitched it to Gary like I loved listening to the show, but one of the things about radio as you know there's no visuals. You've only got the voices. And like you mentioned, Nick, um, I pitched Gary on the idea of um, including Twitter and Facebook posts for every show. And it was only possible to do that because Gary did supply a script, usually on the Wednesday before the originally uh, Sunday, then we moved to the Saturday show. So I get a copy of the script and you know, I would know who the who the guests were, and we had a lot of guests. We had hundreds of guests, all the major cigar producers. Um, so I'd get profile pictures of the guests. I'd get photos of the scars we'd be talking about, and then I spent a day or two before every show um, in, encapsulating um, script like copy into 140 characters. I think Twitter at the time was yeah. 100. 40 characters or something not the easiest thing to do <laughs> but but it worked and all the hashtags and everything else and so we were able to really build our audience internationally um, Twitter was still relatively new at that time we were able to build our audience internationally because people could join in watch the show um, on Twitter using the visuals that you know um we had from Gary's script and I think it added a, a real, a real dimension to the show um, versus just having radio voices. Uh, so um, like I say, I was, I was thrilled when Gary accepted my willingness to, you know, handle that aspect of the show. I, I hope, and, and I believe it did add value to the show. And, uh, and like you said, Chad, we learned so much because as you said, Nick, Gary was methodical about the research that he put into the show. And then each of us did our own little bit of research on the guests that we, that we had and the cigars. My segment, um, besides doing, you know, the Twitter and the Facebook posts, I also did the wine, whiskey, spirits, pairings, and education. And, uh, and again, that, um, I remember we we reviewed uh, Davin de Kirkamo's, um Canadian whiskey book, and he was thrilled because he saw a real jump in sales on in online sales as a result of that show. So it just goes to show that no matter what you're doing, people are listening, people are paying attention, and sometimes you've got an audience for for part of the show that is a little bit unexpected. There, there were so many different elements to the show. We had a newsletter that went out every week that had some of the uh, segments that were transcribed and put on uh, a feed. Uh, you mentioned that it was an international show, Valerie, and and it really was. There were, I forgot how many different countries that would listen in to the show from all over the world. And for me, the my fondest memories, believe it or not, were the road shows. Yeah. Because we did, we did so many, uh, Chad and I were roommates in so many different times and him and I bonded. Uh, we, you know, we shared a room in different places. We did remotes, not only at shops that we would do the remotes, we did, uh, festivals. We did the one up in North Carolina, Jacksonville. Uh, of course, the Vegas one was a lot of fun. So those were just, just a lot of fun. Uh, I just enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, and the you know, uh, go, go ahead, Chad. One one thing, uh, well, two quick things. 
about the script and about how meticulous he was about the timing of everything, that's because early on, Gary had the, the vision of the show being a national show and being on multiple radio stations. And, and he wanted it to where it could follow a nationally syndicated radio show format. And so that was there from, from day one when we started working together. But we were one of the first, I mean, not just cigar shows, we were one of the first radio shows yep. that I knew of that was using Facebook Live, that was that was posting videos on Twitter during the show live. We were using Twitter and social media and Facebook to be an inter an interactive part of our show before anybody else was doing it. And now, try to find a radio show that you can't also find a video cast of, find a. Uh, a, a Twitter dialogue going on with it or a Facebook going along with it. And we were doing that. I mean, before anybody, I remember setting up my little iPad in the studio so that we could live stream the show on Facebook. I mean, and nobody was doing that. And, and you were always sending me pictures. There was people in the studio who were sending me pictures of people in the studio that I could add to the Twitter feed. We we worked really hard and, and we could pivot and we moved quick. If there was something coming up, we addressed it. It was it was exciting yeah. and it was fun. Important thing is that word radio show is in there. And this was a show that was on the radio. It was broadcast in Atlanta. You know, we did put terrestrial radio, guys. It's terrestrial radio. We're doing a terrestrial radio, guys. Yeah, yep. And, and Chad would Chad like would believe me, I was the worst student of this because Chad put up with me, right? And I, I don't know how he did to this day, right? But but Chad, you know, was it, it terrestrial radio is very different than doing a podcast. I had a, I got I got an education very quickly and I realized this this is a very different game. But it was also to our advantage because the cigar industry is still very much backwards. They're still print media centric. And as far as radio goes, they, radio is a lot more attractive to the cigar industry than a podcast. And we were able to get some amazing guests on this show um, over the over, you know, before I was there and while I was there that, that I think really, um, really set this apart. And I think but, but that radio piece was key. <laughs> We did a broadcast from the freaking Mumbato volcano. And that's Placencia. right. Yeah. Yep. That's and right. Placencia. We did. And Placencia. We, we I remember probably that. did the 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 first live remote, uh, at least on the radio, from Nicaragua yeah. in in the uh, blending room of uh, Placencia's factory, and um, we can't and we forget also. We didn't get the internet connection until about thirty seconds before, before we went on Oh. Yes, there was a lot of that. Another thing that we, we should uh, definitely not be remiss in, in talking about, we talked about interaction, but how about all the callers that used to call in? How about 5 o'clock, Scott? Uh, I totally forgot about Scott. Scott uh, used to be a regular caller of the show, and he happened to be Gary's brother. And uh, he offered a definite, <laughs> definite comedic element to the show as well but the callers that would call in you mentioned all the uh wonderful uh guests we had from all over every different we had products uh accessories we had the cigar manufacturers we had uh, some really really fun um host um guests some of the the ones that were repeat guests uh we can't uh forget to mention people like mr gto um oscar rodriguez, oscar rodriguez. Oscar rodriguez. Oscar rodriguez. 
Definitely, um, definitely, definitely, definitely tree or treat. And what about the guy that I used to make fun of his uh, accent all the time, Mr. 1502? Enrique. And that was Gary's, Gary's favorite Relax cigar. Enjoy, baby. Yep. Gary's favorite he was cigar the very was the Emerald. First guest. Enrique he was. was the very yeah. first guest on uh, Cigar Guys Radio Show. I, I mean, we had Jose Blanco. He did, you know, complete sessions. Taught me uh, how to a cut a cigar. Who else yep. can say Jose Blanco taught him how to cut a cigar? Yeah. Oh, you know what? How about this? Chad really didn't even smoke cigars until he got on the show, right, Chad? Uh, you know, a big a big night out for me was a volcano vanilla macadamia nut from Kona, Hawaii was like my big favorite cigar. Now, if you put a flavored cigar anywhere near me, I'm liable to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> you but it was it was really good watching Chad's journey on that show. Um, he really developed into a, a Chad. You developed into a cigar connoisseur. You really did. You you yeah. you know well, your stuff. You know your but, stuff. But beyond that, I mean, and and I don't I don't want to get all sappy, but I grew into a, being a better person. Um, you guys know I'm, I was as high strung as you can get. You guys really talk. <laughs> it's, you know, hey, slow down, relax a little bit, tranquilly, tranquilly. You know, I mean, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. And I try to incorporate that still every day is, you know, just, okay, it's it's going to work out. Relax and enjoy, brother. Yeah, relax, relax and enjoy. enjoy. That's Enrique saying. Yep. You know, I want to make sure we mention Mike Bellity. He was an oh, early absolutely. adopter. Mike Bellity, yep. yeah. Yeah. MLB the Cigar Ventures. Cigar business. Well, yeah. next to Sean Williams, we had Sean Williams on before. I mean, we had um, uh, uh, Eddie, 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 Eddie from Eddie Gura. Yeah. He was Gurka. with Gurka. Now look yeah. at him. He's big time. Yeah. yeah. No, we had Nick Perdomo. We had Fred Ruri. I'm reading Jerry Garrett. We had we had every single major producer that you we could think Newman. of oh eric yeah. newman you know how we got eric newman this is this is interesting we were we were at um Puro sabor 2016 in nicaragua and we were on a boat um a cruising lake uh, managua and alan leans over to me and he and he points to this gentleman he says that's the guy i'd like to get on the show and and i did you know there's no yearbook to identify um the major players and so he let me know it was eric newman and he says you want him on the show he goes yeah he says well i'll go ask him and i stood up i walked over i said to eric newman we want to have you on our show and he came over and the next thing you know he did he did a two-week segment you know, I mean, you know jack when he first came back to to the family right. business boy wasn't that a fun show and, and i don't I'm not throwing I'm not throwing stones at glass houses, but Gary knew more about his blends than he did. Well, he, he made he, a point of he made a point of saying that, you know, Gary was asking him about it. And he's like, I don't know. He, and and he was a, he was a great guest as well. We also had a lot of different did, segments. Good. Go good. Ahead, the first the first thing I ever did was they took me to um, Five Point Cigar Bar in uh athens georgia and we did an event with matt booth and robert caldwell one of my first cigars is with with two of icons for for my the younger generation those are two of the gods of cigars man yeah that's where i first met you chad 
I think I came into you that event. You were remote with Stogie Geeks. Yeah. Yeah, but I know I went to Athens. I met you. I don't know how many events we did. I know that's where we first met. And it was before. We did. They were doing a barbecue that day. Yes. Mike Brooks came out that day. Rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, another another great guy. Great interview. Uh, the detective, great the, the TV detective who was a big cigar smoker. Yeah. He had his own radio show later on, and he also uh, passed, um, unfortunately. Yeah. How, about, um, how about the last time I saw Brooksy? Right before he passed, he had just come back from D.C. His mom was ill, so he went up to D.C. to take care of him. And he went to the Paul Gamarian shop. And you know, Brooks, he loved his Paul Gamarians. So he brought me back three of the anniversary Paul Gamarians. That was one of the last times I saw him. Yeah. We also we also did a lot of different segments on the show, if we can touch on some of them. Uh, I, I can talk about the ones that, that I was tasked to do. I did a, a segment called Shop Talk which was cool because, listen, I was out visiting the shops anyway. So we did a little segment uh, that I would go in and ask the same seven, eight questions to uh, the shop owners. And we got different responses. And and that was a cool segment. We had uh, Smoke on tobacco. the water was the first one, wasn't it? Smoke on the water. I don't know. We did. A, we did a bunch. I don't remember which one the first one was. I'll be honest with you. But uh, I really love doing those. Um, we did the Tobacco University, which yep. we tied in with uh, the Tobacco University. Um, we did the yeah, segment. We, gave, we had a we had an offer for people to take the program, and they got a discount on the program. Well, it was actually free. Free, um, free. right, right. It, it was free if they did it through the show. Yeah. Uh, and there was several people that got their uh, consumer sure. um, certification from that. Um, what else did we do, guys? We did, there were so we, many. Okay. We did Mary's Gadgets, which this came from. Yeah. 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 Oh, and you can't forget uh, Long Hair in the Trash. A long oh, Hair in the Trash. That, that, that was, was a great. One. That was a great segment. Long Hair or in the uh, or in the Trash. We did what cigars are we smoking? Um, what else did we do? We, we did a review. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's. I. I mean that. That was a very, I mean, it, it was a real straight, no holds barred review of cigars. It wasn't paid advertisement of, hey, we're going to send you some cigars and give you some money and you're going to give us a good review. If, if the cigar stunk, we told you the cigar stunk. Yep. Yep. And uh, our show was one of the first ones, and, and now it's huge, to pay attention to uh, the Cigar Smoking World Championships that takes place in Europe. We had Darren Chaffee, a world champion, slow-smoking cigar champion. Sure, and yeah. he was very interesting because his collections was all about, you know, tobacco paraphernalia, vintage, um, you know, cigar and tobacco paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah actually, and I actually met him in Cuba. When, yeah. I, when I was in Cuba, he, we yeah. were at, a, at Bell's place that day, uh, Nick. Well, speaking of Cuba, other than the segment, uh, the Smooth Draws radio show, actually, because of the huge demand, uh, we started doing tours to Cuba, uh, initially with Smooth Draws. Uh, Gary went on the first couple. I think, Coop, you were on the very first inaugural trip to Cuba as well. Yep. Uh, those were some great times. Um just a lot of fond memories, you know? Yeah. I guys. mean, 
I mean, but a lot of that came out of Nick's notebook. So Nick was coming on. Originally, you were doing Nick's notebook, which was kind of a diary of your experiences in Cuba. And I think that really started to get the demand along with Cuba starting to open up around 2016, where, you know, it became an extension of the show. And there were a lot of listeners who went on those. I mean, there were listeners on our trip when I remember where we went. And Absolutely. there were ones subsequently as well. Yeah, we did a lot. Um, the the show really was an innovator in so many ways. What's that? What's that, Chad? This is what Gary brought me back from that first Cuba trip. A hand smoking a cigar. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But the one thing that Gary always paid attention to were the fans, the listeners. And, and we had fans like Bob Langmaid, we had Jerry Vogler Jr., uh, Craig Graydon, uh, John Stagenga, who also is part of the show. Yeah. Um, we, we had people from all over the world. Vern Coleman, Rod. Wes Smith, Travis Byrne, Ricardo Nascimento, um, Gerald McIntyre, a lot of Canadians, a lot of Europeans, and a lot of Americans. And they loved listening to the show. They loved being a part of it. And they were always willing to call in Mike Simpson from uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. He was one of the first callers in. It was it was really well done. Do you guys Not another show how, like it. Hmm? Do you remember how giddy Doc got when the um, the Reichsnugan cigar people sent him and said, hey, we heard your show and we really want you to review our cigars. Man, he yep. thought he thought the world had just what? <laughs> the guys from Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scientifically blended cigars in a laboratory <laughs> in Germany. <laughs> James, I got to ask you, yeah. uh, you never heard the original show. I didn't no. uh, when it was on. And now you're getting a little bit of a inkling about what it was about. Anything to ask, add? Yeah, to I, you know, I kind of want to know what each of you, because each of you had like a, a, a very different part of the show. Like Chad produced it, you know, Valerie did the the spirits and the and the uh, social media. Nick and Coop, you guys were, you know, like you said, second and third chair, right? So, what made this show special? Because talking to Nick about this show, it did very well. And talking, you know, here listening to you guys talk about the show, it did very, very well. And it was a radio show, and we could talk about the differences between radio and podcast in a little bit. But what made this show special that it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing? I'll, like, I'll well, answer. Well, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Go ahead, Coop. No, I, I say, think each of you I are going to have a different perspective, yeah, right? So I want to know. This, this, this I want to know what it is. Right here. No, you you go, Nick. No, you go. Nobody had an ego. I was the only one with the ego. Right. <laughs> Look, one thing that we did, and Val, I know you were up in Canada, so this was hard, but a lot of us, well, we did see you, Val, at like IPCPRs back then and events, but a lot of it was we were we were together in person. And that's something I think that's lost today on a lot of the, the podcasts that we have that – um, we didn't get together in person. We don't get together in person, but there was something when you get together in person that I think really makes that show, makes a show work and it click. And I think coming in with all these different points, um, the fact I think we were in person is why that worked. Well, I think we were all very, very different. We all different walks of life, uh, different personalities, 
But James, to answer, when I think of what was the success of the show, I have to say, Gary, it was a full-time job for Gary. Yeah. I mean, Gary worked on that show. Uh, you know, he was retired. He was a, a physician uh, that basically put 100% of his time into that show, the amount of hours that that man devoted to produce, you know, to get this show together, it was a full-time job and he kept dumping more and more stuff on, on me and, and everyone else. <laughs> and it was a lot, you know, cause I wore so many different hats and, you know, it started off with Nick's notebook and then it was do shop talk and then it was do this. And there, it was just a lot of time. It was very time consuming, but Gary did, you know, 90% of the work. You can't, his personality was, was uh, one that was great for radio. He was uh, a ball buster in uh, so many different ways. But it really, what was the success of the show was the way that we all clicked being so different, you know, and coming together. And like Chad said, we, you know, nobody came with an ego. We just kind of all came, did our job. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. And uh, we all have such fond memories as people that are watching this podcast can definitely um, see that we just enjoyed each other's company when we were with each other. And when we weren't, it was like, you know, like, look, I haven't spoken to uh, to Valerie in so long. I called her out of the blue. And um, you know what? It's like we never stopped talking. You know, Coop and I talk and Chad and I talk a lot more frequently. Uh, but you know what? I, I wish everybody success and I wish everybody uh, and we're all cigar people. In all different walks of life, I, I always like to say that I wear very many different hats in this industry, and I'm glad to be a part. Thanks, to James, uh, James, inviting me to be a co-host on this show because I got the bug. I mean, I told Gary initially, you know, I was a communications major, and I had uh, I, I did radio in high school and in college, and so for me, it was like, you know what, I love cigars and I love radio, so this is perfect. So for me, it was just. Uh, I miss not being a part of it, and I'm glad I'm back in it uh, in a full-time uh, way. I just like the sound and, of my own voice. That's why I'm here. Is that what it is? Is that, all That's right. all it is. Go ahead, Valerie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another thing is, is even though everybody had a quote-unquote defined role, it, it, it wasn't. I mean, you were free to say, you know, I mean, heck, I'm, one of the reasons I'm smoking this J&V tonight is, that's the first cigar I got to review. I mean, for me, being radio was it was it, what I did. Being on the radio didn't intimidate me, but coming on and reviewing a cigar for the first time and that scared the pants off of me. Yeah. But but these guys gave me the, the the courage to do it and the encouragement to do it, and and that was with everything. Nobody was afraid to to take a chance and or even afraid to do a segment that wouldn't work. <laughs> You know, if it didn't work, we scrapped it. And and like Coop said about how we all hung out. I mean, how many cigars did we smoke on that patio outside of the station? Yeah, yeah or, go to, or go to Churchill's. Or go to Churchill's. Or go to Churchill's. Joe, I mean, yeah, we, we always we always tried to, to, to spend at least a couple of hours after the show talking about what worked, what didn't work, how we can make it better. Nine times out of ten, our guests came with us. To wherever we went i mean we really enjoyed each other's company yeah and you know you brought up a good point nick gary did not come from a radio background he was a doctor and so for him to to do a cigar radio show was really quite a big deal 
because he didn't have the background that, you know, the rest of us had. And when I was flipping through my, my, you know, my backstory stuff, I remember coming across, and you'll appreciate this, Chad, originally there was a four-page rate card for people who wanted to buy advertising. It was four pages long. And because I'd worked in radio, I said, Gary, I says, nobody's going to read four pages. That's just not going to happen. So they don't call it a one sheeter for nothing. Whoops. So we managed to do a grid. I, I showed him how to do, you know, an advertising grid so that people could buy uh, sponsorships. And his idea was, and I really like this, for the sponsorship level, the top level was smooth draws. Then you had the perfecto level and the corona level. <laughs> and I loved how we yeah. put it together in, in cigar vitolas. But, you know, that's that's where the benefit of our of our combined experiences really work to make the show so great i i don't know if there was another show that hit cigar lifestyle like smooth drawers radio show did i mean i don't think there's been one really and i'm not trying to but it was so unique because this show was so focused on cigar lifestyle there, w- there was nothing like it um beforehand and if there's one afterwards, I apologize if I'm not getting. I mean, there are parts that are incorporated into other shows, but this was a total show de- devoted to cigar lifestyle. Yeah. Well, and and, I and think, don't forget, go ahead, Chad. I, I think it grew from hearing that one guy that had the show and have him go from the cigar lifestyle to complete political and mm-hmm. almost overnight. That it left a void, and Gary saw that void and said, "Guys, yep. it, we we gotta, we, you know, we gotta do something." And, and, and he did, and, and God bless him for doing it. And it went, we went head to head with him. We went head to head with him on on Saturday. Guess what? Slot and kicked his butt in Atlanta. We, we did, <laughs> we did, we really did. And I and there were more people that were that you know, we referred to it as the fastest growing cigar radio show, and it was the the growth was unbelievable and i there were more people that were starting to tune in at that noon spot on the east coast and it made a difference there there's no doubt in my mind that if gary was still with us the show would not only still be going on but would have been just uh so much bigger all these years later um you know there's people like like uh coop said have taken a lot of this uh uh, this void that was left by the smooth draws radio show and, and one of the people was was coop i mean coop Prior to doing the show, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Coop, you didn't do any uh, podcasting or video casting prior to this. You had your your website, you had your reviews. I had Stogie Geeks. Oh, oh, you did. You did. That's right. But yeah, so I I did. I have, but I don't want to say I've even tried to replicate Smooth Drawers. Uh, You know, we form more of an industry uh, series of podcasts, you know, more for Cigar Insider type of people. So it's a little, you know, it's a little different. Uh, occasionally we'll, we'll put some lifestyle things in there from time to time. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, but again, it was, I could tell you if doing the podcast, if, if I didn't have that smooth drawers radio experience, um, I don't think I would have, those shows would have ever worked. So really? uh, some of my fondest memories, uh, of the shows are the ones you and I did together, Coop, uh, when Gary, uh, for health reasons, wasn't able to be there yeah. and we kind of were thrust to do it from scratch. And I remember the first time in the new studio at, at Atlanta. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, it was like, I, we had never been there and 
Oh my God! That yeah, was, you called uh, me and said Gar Gary couldn't do the show. Uh, can you get down to Atlanta? And I was going to. I was starting to cut back a little going to Atlanta at that point to like every other week. And and but I said, yeah, let me get down there. And I remember we went in there and we, you know, we didn't really use the Gary method that day. <laughs> we really <laughs> we, Gary. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. That's so, true. So <laughs> um, but and and look, it, it, it was it was it was. But don't get me wrong, Gary's research was very important to that show. And he like we go back. He really cared about this show a lot. And, you know, his big concern is he didn't want that 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 air piece. And he was always yeah. worried about that. And, you know, well, thanks to you, Gary, we never had that. And you can't you we couldn't edit it out. You, yeah. You know, we're, we're yeah. Live right now. you can't edit out that 30 seconds. And brother, if you if you're listening to, to somebody and there's a 30 second pause, <laughs> you stop yeah. listening about 20 you stop seconds. Listening. You stop listening. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's death. Yeah. 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 And that's you know, why I like the podcast piece because I can just edit that out. I don't have to deal with it. Like it's easy to edit, right. just throw it out, and it's good. Well, yeah. You, you know, there was, show, some talk, mm. there, there was some talk of trying to continue the show after Gary passed. And, and I honestly couldn't fathom it. I, I wanted to, but it was really Gary's baby. And I just couldn't picture. Uh, somebody else at the helm, you know, I mean, we were all part of the peanut gallery and we augmented the show and we contributed, but without Gary's driving force, I just didn't see that, that show going forward as much as I would have loved to have seen it go forward. Yeah. I, I think you guys are in agreement with that. Gary was the show. It was his baby. Yeah. It would have been a watered down version of it. I mean, cause we could have uh, put in the, the, the time that he did. You were right. I bet, I bet he put, 60 hours a week in the in the prepping for that show easily. no question no easily question. i mean he'd be doing stuff like he'd go to bed early but you know right up until he went to bed he was doing stuff yeah yeah he'd be he, he'd be laughing at me now i mean i go to bed at eight o'clock <laughs> well i mean when you uh -oh. script a show i've scripted shows before i've been doing podcasts for the last 15 years and i've scripted shows from beginning to end and i know how much work goes into it yeah. and i even scripted this show when i first started it and then i was I'll never forget, I had a conversation with Jeremy Castagli from Castagli Cigars. And I had, like I had with everybody, with Pete Johnson, with Nick Melillo, like copious amounts of notes, like four to five pages of notes and questions that I wanted to ask and directions I wanted to go. And when I sat down with Jeremy, like I don't know if you've ever talked to him, Coop, but it just, that all goes out the window with him because he's such a storyteller and it was just an organic conversation that I had. I walked away from that going, why don't I do this with everybody? And that's just what I started to do. I was like, I no more, no more scripts, no more rabbit holes. Like I'll do my research, but I'm not taking copious notes. I'm going to hit the highlights and we're going to really dig into who somebody is as a person and what they're all about blending and what they're all about uh, in, in the lifestyle. That's really kind of what we try to do here. And so in that vein, I want to ask each of you, and we'll start with uh, Chad, then we'll go to Valerie, then we'll go to Nick, then we'll go to Coop. After the show ended, where did you guys go and what what did you take with you from that show that has helped you get to where you are today? Chad. Uh, I was a hired gun, so they, they didn't have a choice in getting me. So I was already an employee with the station. Um, since the show, I've moved from in front of the mic to the other side of the mic. I'm now an engineering so I now fix 
everything that breaks rather than break stuff that needs to be fixed. Um, And Gary would get a kick out of this. I I never met something free that I didn't like. And as the one of the engineers at the station, I get first dibs on all the freebies. (laughs) Well, Gary, Gary was the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Valerie, what about you? Perks. And, and I think the, the, the thing that I took away from the show is is a love for cigars and appreciation for cigars that that I don't think I would have ever had. Um, and and friendships. I've got lifelong friends that I've made because of this show. Um, uh, Jay, Jay Finch. We didn't mention Jay. You know, when Adam left to go to school, we needed somebody to come in and answer phones. Jay didn't hesitate to come in. He was a listener. Didn't yeah. hesitate then start helping out with the phones, even went on a couple of trips with us to do remote shows in Florida. Um, and, and to this day is 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 my best friend. Wow. Valerie. Valerie. All right. Um, I, I really want to emphasize. We talked about Gary's hard work on the show, no doubt about it. But Gary truly loved, but also respected tobacco and respected cigars. And he made sure he communicated that. We we had Glenn Loop from Cigar Rights of America when Glenn was with Cigar Rights of America. And we really promoted Cigar Rights of America. And one of the things that, that I went on to be is I'm a lifetime member of Cigar Rights of America and I'm an ambassador for Cigar Rights of America. Um, the other, you know, if many, many things helped me along the way as a result of the show. Um, you could you could go to the trade show and, and people would know who I was because of smooth draws. And I'm a Canadian. It's not like I, I had, you know, um, I had opportunity to be in the studio that often. I remember being in the studio, Chad, and I had my laptop with me, and you really struggled to not hear the typing noises I was making. You were trying to drown out the typing noises I was making. But I was, you know, while I was in the studio, I was still doing the Twitter feed and the Facebook and everything else. So, you know, that took cooperation and understanding. And I had to learn a little bit more about being on air, even though I'd been in mainstream media, uh, television, radio, and print media for two decades. Um, but, but it, it did, it helped so much in uh, my knowledge of the scars. I was able, when I went to like the trade shows, I was able to speak intelligently to the producers, thanks to what I learned from Gary's research. And it was a very intelligent show. It wasn't an entertainment show. It was an information show with an entertainment aspect. And that's probably what I loved most about it. I think they call it infotainment now. Is that <laughs> is that the right term? I don't know. I just podcast. I, I really have no well, idea. And, and, you know, from, from day one, when, when I started with Gary, unfortunately, I, from when they, the first station they were at, really didn't care about developing the show. They they cared about, hey, you pay us your $350 and we give you two hours of radio on Saturday. Um, I, I really emphasized on, hey, your job is to keep them listening in between the commercials. Yep. And if if somebody's flipping through the dial and they land on on our station and they hear you, you've got to be 
entertaining enough to hold that guy because we had the regular listener. We had the the the, the Greg Vanderslice. We had those guys. They were yeah. listening every week. The goal was to be entertaining enough to draw new audience in and to get somebody to continue to listen in between the commercials. And and he took that to heart and ran with it. Yeah, Nick. we did uh you know, uh, the amount of emails and correspondence that we got from people that literally, as Chad said, stumbled upon us um, on the radio. And that was great that we we got listeners organically. Uh, for me, the show embodied what this cigar industry is all about. Uh, it gave me the bug to want to be behind a mic and to, to do the media side of the cigar world, which initially was never even on my radar. Um, I was totally encompassed with first as a consumer and, and as an aficionado and just the passion that I made into a business. And then to add the media side of it just gave me another viewpoint to the whole industry. So for me, I'll forever be thankful to Doc and for my part in the Smooth Draws radio show. But the cigar, I've always said, is is a magical, magical leaf that brings people together from all walks of life. And that show did it not only among the people in the show, but everybody that listened. And uh, I was just very fortunate to be a part of it. And I, and I think of the doc often and all the people in the show, and uh, it'll always be a part of my life uh, going forward. Yeah. And I get that from just listening to you all talk about smooth draws and the way you talk about it and how fondly you remember it. And, And it really does encompass at least from everything that I've heard, everything that the cigar industry and the, the cigar itself is supposed to be, right? It brings everybody together from kings to street sweepers and everywhere in between. The great equalizers, Glenn Loop likes to say. Um, that's what it is. And it kind of sounds like Smooth Draws made made that possible for the listener. It brought the listener in and allowed them to kind of be a part of this this group. Uh Coop, what about you? Like, what did like what was what was it about the show? What did what did you take with you? Uh, and you know, I, I think most everyone knows where you are now, Cigar Coop. Yeah, but there was a lot I learned. Uh, first of all, I mean, it was the importance of camaraderie with a team, uh, and and be a part of the team. It was very important, and that was something I needed to. I wasn't good at, frankly, when I joined the team, and I think I got a lot better at. Hopefully, I got a lot better at that. Preparation was key. I mean, we we joke a little about Gary's deep preparation but you know what i improved my preparation after that and then you know equipment and sound you know i remember i was doing the reviews and i'd pre-record these reviews and chad was trying to help me in terms of sound quality and all that and i remember just a little thing he told me one day say go in your closet and record the interview yeah right record the segment and it was a little thing like that where i was able to go in my closet because again sound things weren't bouncing around or anything and it definitely made for a better recording after that. So these little things that, you know, I've tried to bring them into what I'm doing now. Um, they seem small, but they really, I think, were important and they're, they're lasting, you know, going forward. Well, it sounds pretty important in a podcast, right? Because if it has, yeah. if you have terrible sound, no one's going to They'll forgive you for video. They won't forgive you for sound. Well, they're going to have to forgive me for video. I have a face for radio. So <laughs> like they're going to, they just right, have right. to, they have to deal with that. But you're right. They, they don't forgive for sound. They're sound, just like, if, immediately, you know, they'll stop. I'm not yeah. listening to this. Right. So it, it's very important. And that's why it was so important when we did those for those smooth drawer segments, they had to be, they had to be really good. 
Yeah. I, I remember one of the first things, Gary, I remember him talking about was in what other aspect of your life is a stranger going to walk up to you and hand you a $10 bill? Yeah. And pretty much nowhere. But you wouldn't think twice about walking up to somebody and handing them a 10 or $15 cigar if right. you just met them the first time, right? You know, and that's something that I, I carry with me. I keep a travel humidor just with giveaways because yep. you never know if you're going to meet somebody. Um, but I would be completely and totally remiss if I wouldn't say the biggest thing that, that I took away from Smooth Draws was a tattoo on my calf of that LH band that's hanging behind. <laughs> yes, <that>. yes. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that shocked me. That definitely shocked me. Uh, I'm not getting an <laughs> LH tattoo. Just uh, FYI, I'm not doing it, Nick. I, I told Chad I wouldn't get one, and he was like, uh, I was there when he actually got it, and uh, I'm still in shock after all these we were, years. We were going to do a show in Jacksonville, and I just happened to have a tattoo artist that was living on Amelia Island who had opened up a shop in Jacksonville. It's like, man, I want to get something cigar-related tattooed. And I said, uh, hey, man, I'll get the LH tattooed on me i'll get the i'll get the complete band and it still looks good nick said i'll pay for it i said all right let's do it <laughs> nick yeah. paid for the tattoo that's amazing. No, he drove me to the most shady part of jacksonville that you've ever seen it was so funny that was a fun night fun night <laughs> So let me, let me ask this. Uh, I know we're, we're quickly running up on uh, about an hour and I, I don't want to keep anybody longer than we have to, but uh, we'll start with Coop with this one. How has cigar media changed from when you started with smooth draws to where it is now? Like what's the biggest, some of the biggest changes you've seen? Probably the biggest change I've seen is uh, there's definitely a move away from written work. Um, and to some extent, I think, there's been a little bit of a movement away from podcasts and what we're seeing is more of the YouTubers coming in right now and which is a very different type of content than a podcast. But we're seeing a lot more like you go to the trade show today, James, there's very few people who write about the trade show or do a podcast from the trade show. They're doing, you know, video interviews right now. And, you know, that's hit some challenges because YouTube is not exactly friendly to tobacco right no. now. But um, we were just talking about this on on on, the, on Aaron Loomis's show on Monday night. How there's just there's not a lot of the people who are doing the the older style of this. Um, but at the same time, I could tell you the written piece of cigar coop is still our bread and butter. That still the, gets the most impressions all the time. But I think it's it's also what it's called. It takes it's time consuming where someone can do more of an agile video on YouTube and they can get content out ver very quickly. So I think we're seeing that some of it's gone to the uh, quote unquote influences right now, which, mm. you know, their idea is to influence. Right. You know, it's a little different than what I do is where I'm like, I may not be positive or I may not be positive all the time, but right. an influencer tends to be like that right now. So I think we're seeing that 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 especially the last couple of years, I've seen it coming out of the pandemic for sure. Do you think that's a good thing for the industry? Like uh, for me, I, I'll be 100 percent honest. And I'm friends with, you know, the, some of the quote unquote influencers. I think they're very nice people for the most part. Uh, and they're just trying to make a living, right? They're trying to do what, 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 what they like, what they enjoy and, you know, Godspeed to them. But 
I'm not sure that that's best for the industry long term. Well, the one thing I'll say, and I, and I know what you're, where you're coming from with that. The people talking about cigars, show, you know, visually or audio, the more people doing that is not a bad thing. I would agree with that. It's not a bad thing. And if we if, if, if it's brought some people, I've seen some people who've just kind of gotten into it. And you know what? The next thing is they, they go start a YouTube channel. Some may start a podcast, but, you know, they'll start a YouTube channel. Um, the problem I have is I, there's sometimes an expectation of me being an influencer, that type of influencer. And that's not what I do. So that's where it becomes a little tricky. You know, I got someone who was, hey, can you do like an unboxing video or something like that? I'm like, we, we really don't do that. That's not really. There's guys out there who could do it a lot better than me is what I explained. Oh, you yeah. Know? So, you know, I have to kind of, I, as a way of correcting itself too, Coop. And, and that's one thing that I've noticed when I talk to people about you, you stay your course, brother, you keep doing what you're doing because in five years, when the unboxing fad has gone away, when I, God bless one, one of my favorite people in the world is a cigar YouTuber. And if I see one more video about a knife, or an anvil, or a blacksmith's hammer, I'm going to go bananas. Because I look at you, I watch you because I want to know about the cigars, not the other junk. And, yeah. and and I did it. We did we did our segments about gadgets, but they were cigar-related. It wasn't yeah. an anvil, or a blacksmith hammer, or or the beard box. You know what I mean? And, and I think that the, the industry has a way of correcting itself, and I think it's going to correct itself. And I think guys that are doing doing it right and, and and you stay your course because you're going to be there when all these fads have faded out. No, and I appreciate that. That's kind of a, I, I tell myself that a lot, you know, and when I tried to go into that area, I realized one, I was bad at it. And two, <laughs> yeah. that just wasn't, that wasn't my lane. I was going into a lane that I, I'm not. So I quickly realized that that's not my thing. And I had to kind of go back to my course. I mean, the good news, like I said, the content on Cigar Coop, we had we had a big year of gross last year. We had some gross during the pandemic, but we had a big year last year. I'm still trying to figure out why we had such an increase last year. But but I think some of the corrections already happening, Chad, with with YouTube cracking down on tobacco. Yeah. And, and just so you know, the guys who are getting nailed on on content like off of YouTube are the ones that are linking to like retail links. That's what's killing these channels right now. I think eventually they'll come after everybody. Don't get me wrong. Oh but yeah. That, but you put the you put a retail link in there, you're sunk. They're gonna they're yep. gonna flag you, and your channel's going down. And that's why I don't put the around. retail link in there anymore. I kind of figured no, that out. That that's what I, they I were going for. And I'm like, no. Yeah, we're but not they're gonna come that. after us at some point too. At, at I mean, some point, I'm, we're all we're, we all have yeah. a target on our back. One hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. I would, and I, I would, just keep reminding people you're a big deal on the internet, buddy. Yeah, that's right. That's why I try to tell them nobody listens. Nobody listens. Uh, you know, this pandemic, the pandemic. Jokes fly. It took everything I had to bite my tongue to tell Nick, to remind Nick where they came up with the Iceman at the uh, at the uh, smoking in the Carolinas events. We, we know why, why, why he called you the Iceman. Well, tell us. <laughs> why? Uh, no, no, go ahead. I don't remember. We had we had to let someone go, and you thought nothing. That's about not why, though. That's not why. That's <laughs> not I why. Deliver, I thought that was and you were the one who had to deliver the news, wasn't it? You? No, no, no. That wasn't he. The I was already past the Iceman. Actually, came from what I recall because 
I now I, as people that watch this show know that I'm a big uh, espresso guy. But back then I didn't drink coffee. All I drank was my diet soda. And Gary was quick to make fun of every aspect of my life. And one was that I drank a lot of soda and I used to have a big cup with a lot of ice. So he started uh, calling me Iceman from there. So that's the way I remember it. Um, you know, I was going to say the, the pandemic really changed the world in so many different ways. And the influx of the amount of people with, you know, with Instagram and everything else, anybody with a phone can yeah. be, have a mouthpiece. Uh, the, the, the thing we all have to recognize and as Chad said, you know, everybody that's out there doesn't last and they realize one, it's hard to do a good show and they're not going to get anybody listening to them. So the ones that stay the course and the ones that, you know, put time, effort, and, uh, you know, their blood, sweat and tears into the show, it shows. Um, one of the reasons why, I, you know, I joined with with James is because uh, very different than Gary, but a professional in, in so many ways. And I'm happy to be a part of this show. And I'm glad that I have. You're a, using that uh, term loosely, right? Loosely professional. Well, listen, whatever, well, right. you know, <laughs> it, it's uh, I look forward to the future of the show with uh, with me on it. So uh, I'm uh, happy uh, they yeah, have well, me on. I'm glad you're on too. I, I really am. But I mean, to go back to the pandemic uh, and what Coop was saying, we like, we saw a big influx too. Like the the podcast piece does really good numbers. Like out of the 15 years I've been podcasting, this is literally the most successful podcast I've ever had. Old Testament, literally, not like the facetious, literally. Um, and so uh, the written word. Like, it's funny because Chad earlier was mentioning how, you know, he was intimidated and kind of a little scared of writing a review. And I remember the first time I wrote a cigar review going, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Because the guy who was writing reviews for me had a heart attack. He couldn't write them anymore because he wasn't smoking anymore. And so I had to pick up the slack and I'm like, oh, geez, like no one's going to read these. And much to my surprise, people read them. And some seem to like it and some just are like, well, you're pallet shit. Well, you're probably right. So... It doesn't shock me, Coop, that you're having that success on the written piece, but you're right. There's not a whole lot of folks out there that are doing that. And I was talking with somebody in the, in, in the industry, and I'm not going to mention any names, but I asked him, and so I'm going to ask you the same question. I asked him this. When you're at the trade show or you're at any, any kind of industry event, somebody walks up with a phone and they're like, I want to do an interview with you. Uh, we're just going to use the phone to record. Da, 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 da. Do you treat them any differently? than if somebody walks up with a camera and a microphone. And his answer was yes. Like if I don't know who this person is and they just have a phone, thanks, but no thanks. But if they walk up with a camera and a microphone, you probably know what you're doing. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. Do you see that a lot? Do you see that in the industry? Yeah, but I see it. Um, you know, it. I think the answer is a little bit, it depends. If someone's just trying to do something agile to put it on YouTube, I don't really have too much of a problem with it. But if they're actually trying to conduct a serious interview in, in a booth, then I would at least expect them to put the proper preparation in to do it. Um, so, you know, and sometimes I know there's just like uh, a great example is like Rafael Nodal of Altidus. Like he just likes shooting a video off his phone, like, but he's not intending it to be like media type of content. But right. if you're actually like, you know, taking someone's time up you deserve to go in there with, with the right equipment and, and do that um 
and it really needs to be for consumable content. And I've seen a little bit of a problem with the trade show. And James, you might have saw some of this last year. It was a little more of a problem the year before. Was uh, you know people going in and their their objective wasn't to produce content as much as to like sell calendars or something like that. For right. Themselves. Oh yeah. So you know here's and the other thing is when I go to a trade show, if you're not exhibiting in a booth, you won't get an interview from me either. Um, and there's a lot of people go to the trade show that kind of walk the floor and stuff like that, but and have asked me for interviews, and and the answer is no. I mean, it's it's for the people who have taken the time and pay for a booth. That's the coverage we're giving to them. Yeah, right. right. Well, I, yeah. I I wanted to sit down with you at the trade show. We just couldn't. Meet it was, up. It was, it was yeah, it's nuts. We, we, we should do it before the trade show because yeah. we get so busy once the oh, trade yeah. show happens. It's it's it, we're. <laughs> It, it, you're walking 30,000 steps a day minimum around yeah. that thing. You're trying to hit as yeah. many people as you can to get as much content as you can and get their story out yeah. and their products out and what yeah. they're doing. And I totally understand that. Yeah, we do video and written. And that's the difference is so. And we have a four-man team and everyone has a specific role, whether it's I write. We have one person doing photography. One person works the camera and one guy does the interview. I don't. I, I hate doing the interviews at the trade show, by the way. Because I'm better in this podcast setting, but the roving reporter thing is not my deal. So Bear on our team does that. And he he's great at it. Yeah, no, Bear's Bear's great. Uh, I kind of have to wear all the hats. I mean, we yeah, have, sure. you know, we have a, a team of four or five that go every year. And uh, the first year we went, it was just me and Tim, and we were just overwhelmed. And then uh, I think this year we're going to have a group of four or five. So we're going to have the camera guy. We're going to have you know, a couple of camera guys, we're going to have myself and Nick out there talking to people. And, and, but typically what I like to do at trade shows is I just hand them the mic. Like I'll hook them up and be like, this is your time to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. No interview. No, who are you? Where are you at? What do you, you know, what, what was behind this blend? You tell everyone what you want them to know. And there are some folks at the show that will run with that and they'll take an hour. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a few people do that. And it's, it's kind of like, like half wheel does it i know that that they do very short ones like that where they basically they don't talk it's it's the they they give it to the stakeholder to go do that yeah uh and i know for example dan um from mccallif dan thompson from mccallif he took 45 minutes to an hour uh you know and and it was just him and he did the whole thing and it was it was great scott weeks from iconic leaf cigar company um you know gave him the mic he took 30 minutes but some of these guys and I found they just, especially from the smaller, uh, more boutique players in the industry, they don't have that media training. And so yeah. they would rather you just ask questions. Like I've had yeah. them ask, can you just ask me questions? Cause I, I don't know. Yeah. There are some guys who are very much still afraid to get behind a microphone. Uh, I don't hey know guys, why. I got what was that, Chad? I got, I got, I got to wrap up. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. I think we'll just leave it there. Um, let's just go down real quick because I know uh, Cigar Coop. Where can people find uh, the Cigar Coop show and uh, your website? Uh, everything's accessible from the website. It's www.cigar-coop.com. Uh, you can go to Cigar underscore Coop on Instagram and Twitter. And there's the Cigar Coop Facebook page. Uh, you can, um, Our podcast is on all the podcast catchers, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, and of course, we're on YouTube, Rumble, all those things as well. But you can get access to everything on the website. So if you don't know where to go, go to the website and it will take you there. There you go. Cigar-coop.com. Uh, everything yep. you need to uh, know right there. Valerie, where can people find you? 
I, uh, in the last year, I took a bit of a hiatus uh, from social media, uh, hoping to, you know, get get the wheels turning again. Um, and when I do, it's very simple. It's at Val Bradshaw. I decided to, you know, just drop. Um, I used to be known as Cigar Herf, um, but I've decided just to drop that because I just prefer to go with the personal identity of at Val Bradshaw. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chad, where can people catch you? Well, one of the things Gary liked to make fun of me for was my frequent trips to Disney. So uh, my family and I have <laughs> devoted a YouTube channel to our Disney trips. You can find us on YouTube and all other social media platforms. Main Street Party of Four. F-O-U-R. Main Street Party of Four. <laughs> Something tells me my wife follows you. She is such a Disney fan. She's got great Disney content, by the way. Yeah, I, uh, we leave uh, a week from today to go back on an adults only trip and it's going to be amazing yeah we were just we were just there uh when the hurricane was there that was fun i did an instagram live during the my hurricane. wife's also a disney travel agent so she'll be yeah. glad to help anybody uh, plan a trip that's my wife too i don't i don't get it nick where can people fo- oh they can just find you here. oh yeah hopefully yeah. here <laughs> hopefully here uh Cool. Valerie, Chad, thank you so much for your time you. Uh, tonight. You guys are awesome. We'd love to have you back. Uh, have another Smooth Draws reunion show. Uh, and uh, next time we'll talk shop. We'll just talk everything about cigar media and what that involves and what what Smooth Draws, how they pioneered that for a lot of us that are doing it today. So, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Nick? Thank you. Next yeah. week, or uh, not next week, uh, a couple weeks, we'll be back at it. We'll have uh, we'll have somebody on. Um, I'm not quite sure who, but I promise it'll be cigar related. Uh, but for all of you, uh, <laughs> in a week, we're going to have the after show, uh, the uh, clear the air with myself and Tim, where we'll talk about uh, what we talked about here. And I'm sure Tim will probably have a bunch of bullshit that he wants to talk about as well. But that's going to do it for us. Join us next time, guys. Until then, stay smoky, friends. <laughs>